Our scripture reading for this morning can be found in the 13th chapter of 1 Corinthians. It's a short passage, but powerful, verses 4 through 7. Prepare your heart and mind for the reading of holy text. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not envious or boastful or arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. When we hear the scripture that Pastor Maggie read for us today, we often think about a wedding, don't we? This passage is read at many weddings. In fact, in fact, some of you may have had it read at your wedding. Love is patient, love is kind, it is not arrogant or boastful or rude. These words mean something not only in relationships like a marriage, but they mean something in relationships in general, in the church, in our families. And I want to unpack a little bit more about what this looks like as we continue to grow. Last Sunday, we looked at respect. In fact, my wife, Julie Holly, preached on that, respect in relationships. And she looked at the letter of 1 John. And in that letter, John goes out of his way to underscore again and again that God is love. And if we, the people of God, are anything, anything like God, if we reflect God at all, we have to have love, right? God is love perfected. And if we're in a relationship with God, then we reflect that love. So in a sense, Paul can use God's own name and replace the word love in that passage, can't he? Love is patient. God is patient. God is kind. God is not envious or arrogant or rude. All of those things speak to the very character of God, don't they? And I think that this is something that is a theme throughout Scripture about God and God's character are, in a sense, stable, and they are faithful throughout the witness of Scripture. And if God is like that, and God wants to be in a relationship with us, what does it look like for us? Are we as faithful, or are we as true to God as God is to us? Recently, there was a, a podcast that was covering the book of Hosea, uh, and in it, the pastors around the table were discussing the idea of God's character in the book of Hosea. And over and over again, Hosea is telling us that God is faithful to the people, but they have not been faithful to him. In fact, Hosea is invited by God to live out a mental model of what this looks like. And if you haven't read Hosea, just even reading the first chapter will help you understand what it's about. It'll go into more detail about Israel and Judah and God, but even that first chapter in Hosea will let you know what this means. You see, God in the second verse of that first chapter, right out of the box, asks Hosea, the prophet, to go and marry a woman 
And he ends up marrying Gomer, but he's invited, asked, commanded by God to marry a woman who would not settle down and would not remain faithful to him. And that's as far as I'm going to take that right now. But you get the sense of who this is, who Gomer is. And you see that the, the, it's a dramatic play, if you will. It's a mental model of how God is faithful, just like Hosea is faithful to Gomer, but Gomer is not faithful to him. And God is wanting to us to understand that he reaches out, he loves, he is faithful, he is good and true, but we have got to change our ways because if we don't, we're a lot like Gomer. And we go through this cycle of being unfaithful to God. In fact, if you look at the overall theme of Hosea, you see that God is faithful, the people are not. God comes close. God sends prophets and judges and even Jesus to us. God does not allow there to be distance between us, but comes to us. And yet we prefer to keep God at distance when we are not growing in our relationship with him. In a sense, we say, I want God in my life, but only to this point, and then I'm going to keep some distance between us. In a sense, the story continues and continues and continues, and that's not the way that God wants it to be. God wants our relationship with him to evolve, to change over time so that we are growing in faith and in love and in kindness so that eventually, and it takes time, but eventually could our names even be considered in 1 Corinthians 13? Could we be that kind? Could we be that patient? Could we love the way that God loves us? It takes growth to get to that point. We don't start out when we become a Christian being ready to live that kind of life, do we? We have got to change and grow over time. That's why we're talking today about evolving together. We've been following uh, the core elements of our relationships. And you may remember a few weeks ago, we talked about commitment. Two weeks ago, oneness. And then last week, respect. Today, we're talking about what it means to evolve together, to grow together. Let's take that first word, evolve or growth. I've already explained that the people of God are supposed to grow and change over time, are we not? You know, I, I know the, the phrase that you're probably familiar with, God loves you just the way you are. Have you heard this before? But God loves you too much to let you stay that way. Right? God does not want you to stay as you are because it's not the way God wants you to be. There is sometimes sin mired in your life. There is disappointment, anger, frustration, and that is not the life that God has in store for us. There is more joy and truth and love for the disciple as we grow in faith. And that's what God wants for us. So in a sense, God says to us, if you're going to be on the journey with me, Paul calls it a race, but if you're going to be on a journey with me, I want you to continue to grow. I want you to be in a relationship with me. I want you to listen to my commandments. I want you to obey my son. I want you to change over time. The more that we change, the more that we grow spiritually, personally, emotionally, all of those things, the more that we become a whole person, the more that in a sense, we become who God is calling us to be. Just think about how God loves and creates each of us 
The psalm says that God knows every hair on our head. God gives us gifts and skills that we're supposed to hone and develop so that we can use them like we talked about several weeks ago. We are unique people given unique gifts and those have a purpose in the church and in the world. If we don't grow those, if we don't grow in faith and develop our way of uniquely serving God and the world, then we are kind of like the people that go through the cycle of being dead cell phone batteries. <laughs> we need to be filled with love. We need to be filled with God's love and a love for God that de helps us desire growth and change. But we also need to respect that other people are on the same journey as us. Each and every one of us is supposed to continue growing in love and in faith. And we cannot, out of wanting to keep our relationships easy or comfortable, try to stop other people from changing or growing. Now, I know none of us would say that's what we want, but sometimes when relationships get complex, we sometimes want to fight against change or growth. Again, it becomes easier when we understand the relationship, when we know what to expect. When things change, things become a little bit more difficult, don't they? You know, in a sense, we've got to understand that God is working and moving in each person, and we need to encourage and bless growth and change in others, while at the same time trying to figure out how we can stay connected in all of that. Think about how some relationships change. Someone in a family might decide to take a change in their career path. If that happens, sometimes there is a change in income that affects everyone in the household. And yet, if that's what's right and good, you find ways to adapt, to compromise. In other situations, somebody might have a career that takes them out of town and nobody wants to move, but you need to move. That's difficult, and it's sometimes not what people want. But if that person is continuing to grow, you try to find what's best for them as well as what's best for the family as a whole. These are not easy situations. I'm not just saying anytime there is growth, you just go for it because we're talking about people and not everyone is ready to just uproot their lives at every moment. So in a sense, we need to understand that we've got to encourage and bless the growth in others while somehow also remaining in these relationships and keep them going. I know that I've had friends over time that we've moved far away from each other. And one of the ways that distance has affected us is that we're not as close on a day-to-day -day basis. But when we connect FaceTime or when we have a call and we remember stories, we remember memories together, it's like that distance just shortens immediately. But we have to take the time to stay connected. We have to take the time to stay connected so that that distance doesn't cause us to drift. I think that's really where our fear of change comes from is that we often uh, understand that people have to change, that God wants us to change, but sometimes that change is scary because it can sometimes in our minds lead to us growing apart. And that's what we don't want, right? We don't want change to grow uh, in, a, in our relationships that divides us or separates us. Again, sometimes it is natural, but there are ways to overcome the drift 
in our relationships, whether it be family or friends, coworkers, church members, or even in our relationships like marriage. We've got to not fight change, but find a way to deal with it. I think one way we do this is by fighting distance emotionally and spiritually. You know, faith is one of the most important connections that we have in church. And that is one of the places that we can find unity and we can grow together and be connected in Christ. But there are other ways. We stay connected. We shorten the distance between us when we listen to one another and we understand how they're changing, how they're developing, and how we share how we're changing and developing. The more communication we have, the more that we can narrow that distance between us and still allow people to develop and change over time. We can share memories and stories like I mentioned. The distance can be shut down or at least mitigated in a way when we take time, precious time, and make it available for folks that we feel are sort of maybe drifting away from us. But we do so not out of fear of change, but out of fear of losing the connections we have. Two weeks ago, when we talked about oneness, we talked about how we are two unique people in any relationship. And the overlap, like a Venn diagram, the Venn diagram shows us where the overlap is that, in a sense, is the glue that holds us together. When we're talking about oneness, we have two unique people that are hopefully overlapping more and more as they grow deeper in their relationships. For growth, what we're saying is, is that we want each person to be able to grow, but we want to maintain that shared space between, that deep faith, deep connection, memories, stories, all of those things. Those are the things that help us stay united even as we grow over time. We need to learn to bless one another in our growth. Friends, this is a tricky subject. It's not as easy as just saying, it will be fine. All we can really do is we allow and bless and encourage the growth that God desires in each person happen and yet stay connected is to maintain that connection, that overlap over time, to allow that to be the glue that holds us together, to allow that to invite us to find ways that that shared space can reduce the distance between us and the people that we care about, our core relationships. Take the time to make a difference, to make an impact in that overlap area, but also, but also listen and affirm the growth in others and be able to share that. Because once people understand how you're growing and developing, they can celebrate it. Just like how in a Sunday school class, we might celebrate and bless the good things in people's lives. We need to do that for one another. The more that we find when someone is growing or changing, the more we can affirm it, I think the more that we can find that overlap.